Uh, I want to talk to you today about hungering and thirsting for the right thing. Uh, we don't have a problem hungering. We don't have a problem thirsting. We, our, our problem comes when we try to get needs met in illegitimate ways. And so it doesn't matter if you're here today and, you know, you're new in your walk with the Lord or you've walked with Him for 50 years. Uh, he is always calling us to cultivate that hunger. Amen? Okay. So hoping I get a good amen on that one because you never want to get comfortable. The moment you get comfortable and you start hitting the cruise control of Christianity, uh, it becomes religion. It becomes, I have to go to church instead of I get to go to church. It becomes, well, I'm supposed to read my Bible instead of I have the opportunity. I, I, I can, I get to read my Bible. Now, that doesn't mean that if you have to read it every day. You know, if you miss a day, it makes you less of a Christian. It's about hungering and thirsting, but doing that for the right, the right reason, the right thing. So I want to read to you, I want to go back to Matthew chapter 5, and I'm not going to go through all of the Beatitudes, but I'm going to go through the first three that lead up to the fourth one that I want to focus on today. And this is um, in chapter 5 says, seeing the crowds, um, he being Jesus, went up to the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Uh, and he opened his mouth and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And then in verse 6, he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they and they alone will be satisfied. And it goes on with more uh, of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. And it continues to go on. But what I wanted to focus on today, because as I look around this world today, I don't see necessarily a problem with, with, um, when it comes to hunger that we don't have anything to eat. It's, it's hungering and thirsting for the right thing. There are, and this is as of last year, maybe a year and a half ago, 9.1 million people uh, starve to death each year. That's 25,000 a day. 870 million people in the world are hungry right now, right at this very moment. And, uh, you know, I was kind of just searching around. I found this, it, it's a top 10 list, but countries that are really have it off uh, worse in Burundi, uh, which is between Rwanda and Tanzania, they have a 73% um, uh, problem with being malnourished or undernourished. Um, right at the tip or at the Horn of Africa, 65.4%. Uh, there's another country, Comoros, three tiny islands that are combined, 70% of them unnourished or undernourished. They don't, they don't have food. Uh, Sudan, 25%. Chad, 33%. Yemen Republic, 32 Ethiopia, 40%. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, we think that, and, and we do have issues here, but here in the United States of America, um, we have more food than we know what to do with. Now, in comparison to the other countries, okay? I know there's food shortage, shortages. I know it's becoming more difficult. I know that there's issues and problems, but do you think this really phases God when he says that I'm your provider and I will provide for you? And yet, sometimes we, we get our eyes fixed on the wrong thing. You know, where we're, we're, we have the highest um, what would be rates or the highest amount of diet pills and things to help us with, with weight because there's so much that's available to us 
to consume. There's nothing wrong with consuming, but you got to make sure you're consuming the right thing, right? Because if you don't, it can affect your health. It can affect your body. So it is spiritually. When you become hungry, you got to make sure you're eating the right thing, spiritually speaking. You, you can't go when you feel that void in your heart and in your life, when you're struggling in a relationship, when you feel like you don't have answers. You can, you can talk to your friends. You can talk to your pastor. You can get counsel, but but the source, like we talked about with that fire, is found in Jesus. It's making sure that you come back to him. Uh, third world countries, they hunger for, for food, for sustenance. In the U.S., we have so much at our disposal, yet we find ourselves uh, leaning into convenience, you know, and we just want what's most convenient. Appetite, by the way, is one of the greatest indicators to doctors, by the way, that you are, uh, it's a great indicator of your health. If you have an appetite, this indicates that the body is working right. It's designed to work that way, right? If you have no appetite, that's an indicator to the doctor that something is wrong. So let me ask, why should it be any different spiritually? When, when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, the Word of God says that He'll fill you, He'll feed you. But when you don't have an appetite, that's an indicator that something's up. It should be a red flag. See, in the Bible, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, is where we read, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. To hunger and thirst has to do with a passion, a, a driving pursuit, a, a heavy longing, a desire is what it's talking about. And most of us don't have to worry about being hungry very long. I mean, I got two words for you, ramen noodles. Hey, there's always something at our disposal. For, for about six months to a year, I lived off of macaroni, cheese, ramen noodles, and Kool-Aid. Because as a kid, I had a lot of things provided for me, but I wanted to be a man and an adult and go out on my own, and I found out I, I don't have enough, I, I wasn't prepared, I wasn't ready, and I hungered, but I could still find something. So we don't have a problem when it comes to this country, but other countries, they're longing to be fed in, in the physical sense, but when we take that spiritually, all of us, when we're hungry, we should be hungering for the right thing. Third world countries, they're desperate. Us, we're just inconvenienced. We get upset when we have to wait too long. I, 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 went, I went, case in point, I went to a, a store. I, I won't name it, but it's a food chain here in town. And uh, I did, th this, is, this is where we get frustrated. Anybody else would be happy to have some food in their third world country. But I pulled out my phone and I looked up the menu and there was this deal, right? You know how you can get deals? And so you can get this food with two sides and two drinks. I'm like, I'll take that. And I drove to the place and I went inside. Didn't go through drive-thru because I know what happens there. Everything gets screwed up. You don't get what you want. You pull away and then you have to go in anyway. So I'm just going to go in. And I said, yes, I would like this deal. And they said, we don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, this is your restaurant, right? This is your website, right? They said, yeah. I said, it's right here. I said, I can show it to you. And they said this. They said, Oh, we, we don't do that. That's an internet special. And I said, so I can only order this on the internet. Yes, I'm starting to get hangry at this point. You know what hangry is? It's when you're hungry and anger slowly creeping in. And I'm trying to keep the, you know, love all people at all times face. Pastor Jim's in the house, you know, oh, God bless, God bless. But I was like, give me my food. That's about where I was at. And so I said, so you mean to tell me that I can order this on the internet Send it in to you and you'll make it. Yes. But you have it back there, and if I ask for it, I can't have it. 
Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> laying on of hands ministry was about to happen. And I said, fine. I was mad. I said, I'm going to go sit in that booth over there and I'm going to order my food. And I sat down and I ordered it. And I found out this deal doesn't let you change the sides, which I wanted to change the sides. And I'm like, doggone it. So I'm like, I march back up there. But now I've got three people in front of me. I'm starting to lose it. You know what I'm talking about? Finally, I get up there and I said, just give me whatever. And they said, well, because I wanted eight pieces of something. I'm trying to not name the store. And they said, well, we do three, four, and five. I said, throw three more in and we're good, right? You know, I'm starting to get a little snarky and uh, you know, a little sarcastic. And I'm trying not to, but it's really, really hard. And they're like, yeah. And I said, can I change the sides? Well, it'll cost an additional dollar or whatever. And I'm like, for the love of Peter, just give me my, my food. I was so irritated. I was so frustrated. I finally got the food. It really was the same deal that was on the internet. I just had to jump through all these hoops. And it took me about 20 minutes. Now, the truth is, is we went home, we ate our food, and I felt satisfied until dinner. You see, it keeps happening. Um, we can get so frustrated when it comes to the physical, but, but in the spiritual, many times, we, we go without eating for so long. We can show up and, please, I, I'm so glad that you're here. I think we should all come together. If you're watching online, you're invited to come join us. There's something that happens in the dynamic of being together with a body of believers. But it doesn't stop there. This is the start. If all you do is eat spiritually on a Sunday and don't eat spiritually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you are malnourished spiritually. You can't withstand the blows that come your way through the week. You've got to learn to feed yourself spiritually, but you've got to feed yourself the right thing. It says those that hunger and thirst, it didn't put a period at the end. It said for righteousness, for righteousness. If you do that, then you shall be or will be satisfied. Let me read to you a couple verses here. Psalms 42 verse 1, I loved it. As a deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. Just brings out the whole thirsting aspect. Psalm 63, 1. O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. It pulls out this whole desire of thirsting and hungering. Isaiah 26. I don't believe it's in your outlines, but it says, Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name and for the remembrance of you. With my soul, I have desired you in the, in the night. Yes, my spirit within me, I will seek you, it says, early, for when your judgments are in the, on the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. That was Isaiah 26, verses 8 through 9, in case you're curious. Philippians 3, it says that Paul came and said, that I may know him, that I may know him. Exodus chapter 33, it says that Moses said, show me your glory. Do you see how these people hungered to be in the presence of God? They, they, they didn't have all the answers. They weren't perfect. They didn't have it all figured out. They just said, show me your glory. God, that I might know you. Are you here today and you've ever thought that phrase? Lord, that I could just know you a little deeper. That's the beginning of a, of a craving of a hunger pain. But what are you going to do about it? Because being hungry is one thing. Eating is another. See, they're two, they're, they're two different things. One of the greatest traits that is always seen among great people of the Bible is this. They had a, an extreme hunger and thirst for God. Think about it. Everybody in the Bible. 
It, they, they weren't the smartest. They weren't the brightest. They didn't have all the answers. They made mistakes. They sinned. But they always hungered and thirsted for God. They were passionately in pursuit of God. Uh, they were on fire for God, but the fire came as they were pursuing God, as they were feeding themselves. And one of the reasons that some of us maybe experience, maybe, just throwing it out there, maybe experience so little of God is that maybe we're not very hungry, spiritually speaking. The reality is that hungry people, when they're hungry enough, they'll go find some food. I've eaten some stuff out of the pantry in our house that was way back in the corner that I couldn't even really identify, but I ate it because I was hungry. You know what I'm talking about? You know, Ritz crackers, I didn't know they were back there. They've been back there for 17 years. <laughs> but I'm hungry enough that I'm going to kill them Ritz because I'm hungry. Now, if we can laugh and understand that in the physical, let me ask you the spiritually, have you ever been hungry enough to dig back in the closet? and eat and say, God, show me your, your righteousness. Because when you're hungry enough, you will eat. I take medicine to go to sleep at night, okay? So I believe that God is my healer, but I also believe that, that when I need help, I need help, okay? And I, when I go to bed at night, I can't shut my mind off. I just can't. I've tried everything from, you know, so everyone said, try the all-natural route. Stay away from caffeine. Don't drink soda. Quit eating so much sugar. Do this diet. That, I tried everything. And eventually I went to the doctor and I said, like Huey Lewis on the news, I want a new drug. <laughs> I need something to help me out here. I, and, and so this medicine I take just shuts my mind down. I just, whew, I relax. I'm able to go to sleep. But the, uh, the, uh, the uh, side effect or the, the, the off side of that is if I don't go to sleep right away, in about an hour, I've got the munchies like you've never seen before. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like, you know, that, those kind of munchies, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, I will eat anything. And here's the problem is, is a lot of times I don't even really, uh, because the sleeping pill is kicked in, I'm not always aware of what it is that I'm eating. One particular night when the kids were little, uh, I got hungry and I went downstairs and I grabbed myself some cereal. Cereal is amazing at one in the morning. The problem is, is I didn't realize how many bowls I ate. I think I downed three and a half to four bowls of cereal. Yeah, that's, that's not the best. And then you go lay down and try to sleep. I mean, I was doing like the death gurgle with, you know, all that food. But I woke up one morning and I came down. This is when I first started taking the medicine. And there was a bowl on the table, a spoon. The milk was empty. Cereal was empty, all laying on the table. And I got mad at the kids because I didn't know it was me because the sleeping pill kicked in, the side effect. So I went and I got the kids and I said, if you're going to eat cereal, you need to learn to clean up after yourself. I said, they're like, it wasn't me, dad, it wasn't me. And I'm like, you liars, you know, it, it was you. I'm the parent, I'm always right, right? And uh, so like three days later, it happened again. This time, Drea came down with a cell phone. <laughs> a little turkey. And she recorded me. And I did some kind of goofy grin at her and then, She's like, having some cereal, Dad? And I'm like, yeah. You know, I went to bed, woke up the next morning. She said, do you remember eating cereal last night? I said, no, I don't remember eating cereal. She said, let me show you a video. All of a sudden, I realized, man, th th this cannot be a good thing. You know, hungering's one thing, but you got to hunger for the right things. How many of you know man cannot live by Captain Crunch alone, right? <laughs> or he shouldn't, let's put it that way. Hungering wasn't the problem. Hungering for the right thing was. And I had to figure out a rhythm. You know, I got some protein powder. I got a little uh, almond milk or something. 
Before I go to bed, I'd drink one of those, I'd sleep peacefully. It was a little better for me too, you know, things like that. What's my point? You can hunger and thirst all the time, but are you doing it for the right things, the right reasons? Are, are, are you feeding yourself spiritually? Are, are you doing anything with, 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 we've got so many things at the tips of our finger now. We've got podcasts that we can listen to. You can watch multiple sermons on YouTube. You can come to church and attend. You can go to a Bible study. You can find good books. There's so many things we can do, but you don't, you, you don't replace those things for, for being in the presence of God. It has to be just, have you ever taken time where you just stopped? Said, Lord, I just want to spend five minutes with you. And you're just quiet in the presence of God. I'll tell you what, God has accomplished more when I'm quiet for five minutes than when I talk for five hours because I want to lean into his presence. You see, there's so many things that, that are out there that attempt to satisfy your hunger, but nothing will do it like being in the presence of God. See, your willingness to pay the price. I, I checked out a, uh, we were going to go on a trip and um, I wanted to go by train. I thought that would be fun, an experience in life. But then I saw how much it cost, and I said, nope, we ain't doing that, right? Because it was so expensive. I looked at their menu, just what they charge you. Here's what they had, the cost of food on a train. You want a cup of coffee, just black coffee, $2.50. You want a Coke, $2.50. You want a burger, $12.50. I'm like, for a burger? I don't think so. But there's a reason they can get away with charging so much on trains or in scenarios like that. It's because they know you're not going to go anywhere else to get it. You can't get off the train. So it boils down to this. Your willingness to pay the price based on how hungry you really are. You remember when mom would cook a meal uh, or dad, whoever it was that was cooking when you grew up. But it was usually moms that like to say this. Uh, But they, they would cook something you didn't really like and you didn't really want to eat it. And they'd say, well, when you're hungry enough, you'll eat it. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. I did not want to do Brussels sprouts. She says, when you're hungry enough, you'll eat Brussels sprouts. Guess what? I ate Brussels sprouts. But it was like hours later. You know, spiritually speaking, as I said, Sunday is good. Come, we worship, we receive the word of the Lord, we fellowship together. But don't let it stop there. Don't let your hunger, don't just let Sunday be all about Sunday. Be a reader and a feeder. Get into the word of God. Get into developing that in your, your life. You must, like it says in verse 6, hunger and thirst. This is to say passionately pursue God. Passionately pursue God. This means that other things become lesser in priority of what's being, what's being pursued. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Now, in the very same way the physical man needs food to make it, the spiritual man needs righteousness to make it. That's how the spiritual man or woman, that's how we make it, by righteousness. It's, ne- it's necessary. You must eat to live, right? Okay. Without food, without water, you and I, we die. The body demands it. It only works in that process. The spiritual man or woman uh, demands righteousness, in order, to, in order for it to function the way it's designed to function, spiritual, spiritually, we are designed to munch, if you will, on righteousness throughout the week, throughout the day. The spiritual man or woman depends upon that because righteousness is God's menu for the soul. Here's what righteousness is in your outlines. It's living in accordance with God's will. 
That's, that's what righteousness is. Identifying God's will on a matter and then seeking to line up with it. The problem is that many of us try to satisfy spiritual hunger with illegitimate food. And it doesn't work that way. Isaiah 55, uh, verse 2. Um, let's read that one together. You ready? Go. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? They have gone after something that is not designed to address the need that is at, is, is at hand. Um, donuts, uh, which I like to call manna from heaven, right? Now, donuts, there's nothing wrong with donuts. Can I get a big amen on that one? All right. Hey, donuts are, are, are great, but they're not meant for every meal. They're not meant for every meal. Why? Because it doesn't bring health. It's okay every once in a while, but you don't let it become part of your rhythm. While it may give you a small amount of satisfaction for a short period of time, it won't give you any lasting nutritional flavor. It's enjoyable, but it's not designed to satisfy. Um, in the new nature, you and I, when we've asked Jesus Christ into our heart to be our Lord and our Savior, God has placed right the righteousness of Christ, and he's already credited to our account. We are perfectly righteous on credit. Philippians 2 says that we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. You remember that? Okay. Uh, the pursuit of acting out the righteousness is what satisfies the hunger and the thirsting in our soul. It's attempting to line up with God's will. In other words, we, it would sound like this. God, here's what I'm doing. Now, please bless it. That's not righteousness. Righteousness is, God, what are you blessing? And now help me to line up with that so I can accomplish what you've placed me here for, for your kingdom, for your glory. Some of us are starving spiritually because we're not hungering and thirsting for the right thing that our soul requires. Our soul requires righteousness, seeking to align ourselves with the will of God. Let's take, for example, my car. If we were to take my car, uh, which uh, um, I, I've got a truck, it's, a, it's an old Dodge Ram truck, but if I were to take that truck and put diesel fuel in it, that would be bad news. You want to know why? Because my truck is not designed to run on diesel fuel. It's not designed to receive that kind of fuel. You may be full. My, if I put diesel in my truck, my tank may be full. My gauge may be screaming at me, we're full, but we're full of the wrong thing. The thing we're full of is going to bring destruction. So I don't mean this sarcastically, but this morning, what are you full of? Are you full of the right thing? Or is it just, it's not, I don't really care what's in there, just as long as I'm full. He who has the most toys wins, right? That kind of mentality. But he who has the most toys still dies. And they're accountable for what they did with their life. What are you, what are you full of? What are you filling yourself with? Is it the right thing? Because diesel in my truck will not work. So what do we do? I'm just going to give you three things. Number one, and I've already basically said it, but write this down. Start hungering for the right thing. Start hungering for the right thing. You've got to put the right fuel in. We must be careful that we're not just put it, pour, uh, putting in our soul stuff that we shouldn't really be putting in our soul and receiving. We wonder why. Why, why. why is it I feel so full? Why is it I feel like I'm working so hard? I've got all the stuff. I've got, I, I got all the things that the world demands for me to, you know, says that I... I have to be successful, but I don't feel like I'm gaining any ground. I still feel empty. I still feel like, like there's a void. Maybe it's 
because you're not putting in what the manufacturer requires. Righteousness. That's what the manufacturer requires. Your, your new nature. It only runs a new nature. When I say new nature, I think you all know what I mean, but all I'm saying is, is when you ask Jesus into your heart, he takes his nature, places that within you. You have everything available at your fingertips, but you have to, you have to feed that. You have to feed the right thing. Your new nature only runs off righteousness. Anything else you attempt to put in there will only cause problems under the hood of your life. Uh, every time. Sugar in a gas tank, it's not going to be good. Put dirt in the gas tank. How about water? That, that's liquid. We can put it. No, it only runs off gasoline. This is the, <clears throat> excuse me. This is the way it's been made so that it can run the most effective and efficient. Moms, when you had children or have children and you give them a pacifier, that's fake food, right? Come on. What, what you're doing is, you, we don't say it, but what you're trying to do is you're trying to trick the child, right? Baby's hungry. Baby knows what baby wants, but mom can't offer that right now, so they give them a pacifier. They make them feel like they're getting something when they're really not getting something. And after a while, that might work for a while, but after a while, baby realizes nothing is happening. All you're doing is distracting me from my real craving, which for that baby is mom. My question, number two, what's been distracting you from feeding on what the right thing is? What is it that you're justifying so that you can say, well, I know I need to get going on this path, but just this, 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 this. Bring that to the Lord and see what he has to say about that. What is it that's distracting you? The feeding of the soul demands righteousness, righteousness or the soul goes hungry. Righteousness is the only thing that can satisfy it. Um, number two, once you feed yourself the right thing, then you will be truly satisfied, the Bible says. Then you will be truly satisfied. I have come, this is John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Psalms 107, verse 9, for he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. His word tells us right there, if you want it, come and get it. That's all he, he says it right there. It's here for the taking, but you must come and you must take this. Psalms 34, 10, the young lion lacks and suffers hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Everything will be provided. The issue is hungering and thirsting. And Jesus said in the word of God, he said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. There was a woman that was at the well. And you remember in the Bible, it says that she was at the well. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you water that will give everlasting life. See, there's a difference. I'm not just giving you a bucket of water. I'm not going to do the work for you. I'm not going to just teach you how to do it, but I'm going to be your source. Everlasting life. If you're living an unsatisfied life, I don't mean that you don't have problems. We all have problems. Can we agree on that? Okay, we all experience struggles, trials, tribulations, health issues, uh, family systems, things, you know, just all of it. We all have issues. We face difficulties. We're all going to have that, but Here's what satisfaction is. It's in your outline there. It's a sense of well-being on the inside. That's what satisfaction is. Satisfaction is a sense of well-being on the, on the inside. And I might add, I didn't in your outlines, but I might add to it regardless of what's going on on the outside. It's having that, that inner strength. If, 
If that's ongoingly missing from you and you're a Christian, then you might be feeding your soul some stuff that it shouldn't be fed. It's the equivalent of waking up at 1 a.m. and trying to stuff four bowls of cereal down your throat like I did, talking satisfied. But it doesn't last. It doesn't last. David in the Bible, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? He knew that God was his provider. He talks about how God met every need. He said, he being God satisfies. Then when someone asks you, when you can get this kind of a satisfaction, that inner peace on the inside, and somebody asks you, how are you doing? You will be able to say, it's all good. Not because you don't have problems, but because you're working on the righteousness that satisfies. Come on, be honest. Anyone ever come up to you and say, how you doing? And you lied through your teeth and said, fine, I'm okay. Everything's great. But on the inside, it was a mess. You see, we do that all the time. Why do we do that? Because we don't want people to know how messy it is inside. But can I tell you this? God knows exactly how messy it is. And not only does he know how messy it is, but he has a gigantic mop bucket to clean that up and give you new life. He will satisfy. He will restore. But only when you lean into righteousness, lining up with his will, feeding yourself spiritually. If you're living in perpetual discontent, either nothing makes you happy or you have to conjure up happiness to distract yourself from the unhappiness. Advertisers do it all the time, don't they? Think about it. Anything from clothing to cologne to toolboxes, if you had this, your life would be better. And they show a picture of the family playing in the background and everything's perfect, uh, subconsciously trying to get you to understand that if you bought this product, your life would be like this fake family on screen. That's, that's what they're trying to do. Uh, going places and, you know, don't, don't, let the, don't let the enemy or the world distract you. Focus in and say, God, what is it you have for me? You know, there's a lot of distractions in this world. Las Vegas, Hawaii, Disney. Now, if you've gone to those places, I'm not saying that going to those places are bad. They're fun, and they're for vacation in a season of time. But what they are is a distraction from your reality. We want to take a break. We want to go. We want to have some fun. But most people don't want to come back to reality. They don't want to come back to that. See, these can all be distractions, but... uh, We've got to come to this place of understanding when we feel discontented in our life. There's only one thing that satisfies, and that's the righteousness of God, being right with him. And when you come back to that, you'll discover this. Number three, and we'll wind it down. Satisfaction comes to those who are actively pursuing his righteousness. Well, pastor, how can I get in on this? How can I get that righteousness? I want that. I'm dissatisfied. I'm struggling. Okay, here it is. Go feed yourself. Well, pastor, aren't you supposed to feed me? Hopefully I'm doing that right now. But don't let this be the only meal. You need more than just a Sunday morning to get you by or some kind of a sermon that way. You need to understand what it means to come into the presence of God. So that way, like, let me take you back to the beginning of service when there was that that message in tongues and interpretation, your source can become stronger, brighter, and it can burn bright. It'll illuminate your path. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And to hunger and to thirst, by the way, is an action word. It's a, it's a verb. It's when people are going after something that they become satisfied. Um, you must pursue it. You know, you've, I, I've never seen this. Maybe you've seen it. Anybody ever see a bird sitting on a branch, sitting there opening their mouth, waiting for God to just kind of drop a worm in it or something? I, I've not seen that. I've not experienced that. 
What I have experienced is when the bird becomes hungry, it flies around and it pursues, it looks for the worm, has to go after it. So if you're saying, I'm dissatisfied and I want God to feed me, my question is, are you actively pursuing it? Are you sitting on your perch with your hands held out saying, God, give me? Now, God wants to give you things. Don't get me wrong. He's got a great storage of gifts he wants to pour into your life, but it's when you're actively pursuing his righteousness. Then and then only you become truly satisfied. He says, pursue my righteousness and, and, and you will see the will of God. Um, sometimes people say that the best way to keep a good metabolism going, everybody's got an opinion on how to eat, when to eat, diets, all that stuff. You know, I, I heard somebody say recently, in order to keep a good metabolism working good, you should eat four to five small meals a day. Now, I'm not here to say yes, no, maybe so. I don't really care. Um, my theory is, is when I'm hungry, I eat, right? It's just, I'm, I'm not concerned. But let's assume that that's true that you eat four to, let's just take their theory for a minute and say that it's true. To eat four to five meals creates a good metabolism, and we can understand that. We can understand that when we're, we're hungry, we need to eat something. Well, then why are we so surprised that when we talk about the spiritual side and the righteousness of God, that we need to be feeding ourselves in the same way, that we need to be, be doing that in our lives? You see, here's the thing. You can go to a, a restaurant, and you can grab their menu, right? And <clears throat> you can read a menu... And when you read the menu, you're still hungry, right? Uh, the waiter can come to you and say, hello, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. How are you doing today? What can I get for you? And uh, you look at the menu and you say, Ma, I can't really decide. I, I, I like all of these things. You can have a question and answer session with your waiter, but satisfaction doesn't come from reading your menu. It comes from ordering that which you hunger for and then partaking of it. What's my point? You can listen to a pastor preach. You can listen to a podcast on, on how to do or what to do. You can read your very own Bible and say, God, I want to understand more. And he will reveal and illuminate to you. But it doesn't really satisfy until you do something with it. You partake it. You, you consume it. You let it transfer your life. You come to experience what it is that God has for you in life. Don't be satisfied to just, to just okay? I'm not, I'm not downplaying this. You heard that, right? But don't be satisfied to just, I just heard the worship service, right? Don't be satisfied to be just like, well, I, 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 I sang some songs. I, I heard the, the message. The pastor, you know, told a couple funny things in that. Don't, don't be satisfied to just hear that. Read the message. Go home. Take it out and say, hungry people seek food. Where am I hungering spiritually? You know, when you start, you start consuming that, then it fills you. It satisfies you. It, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit starts to reveal to you the things that you and I need to know. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst, but those that hunger and thirst for something much greater than just physical means. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, because those are the ones that are going to be satisfied. So how do I cultivate this hunger? All I did was, I think I threw in there letters A, B, and C, but it's just, you start, first of all, with declaring spiritual bankruptcy. That's what we did in the Beatitudes with verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then verse 4 says uh, that we are to mourn over the sin in our present life. It says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And then verse 5 tells us to yield to the authority of Christ in our life. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And when you come to that place, then and only then can you hunger and thirst for the right thing. 
That's, that's when it all happens. You know, if you really want uh, your hunger satisfied, hang around good cooking, right? I've driven down the road and I've smelled some very interesting things here in Clinton, Iowa. Not all of them are pleasant. But then all of a sudden you'll be driving by a place and you'll go, oh my gosh, this smells so good. And it causes you to look around to see where, the, where is it coming from, you know? It causes you to want to hone in and look a little, and then you make the decision, do I want it or not? Am I willing to deviate to go after that? If you want to be spiritually fed, hang around some good cooking. Listen to as many speakers as you want, a worship song. You're getting into that. What is it that makes you go, oh man, that's, that's, that's it right there. That smells good. I want to I wanna, I lean into that because if you're around good cooking, even if you're not hungry, it will make you hungry. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? I've driven many a times down the road, had no appetite. I, I tend to, I, you know, I share with you my stories about what happens at night when I eat. But through the day, I, I can, I, I don't usually eat breakfast. I, I can go all afternoon without eating and uh, I just get doing my thing and I forget to eat. And then I'll drive down the road and all of a sudden I'll smell something. Oh yeah, I forgot I was hungry. Isn't that silly? Sometimes, though, we forget that we're hungry. Spiritually speaking, sometimes we can forget that we need to feed our spirits. If you want uh, to see that stirring in your heart, get around some good cooking, because even if you're not hungry, it will make you hungry. We've got some good cooks in here today. Um, there are many of, of you uh, second prize runner-ups here today. <laughs> um, I know some, some of you, and I don't want to start naming names as to leave somebody out, but some of you, I've had your chili. It's amazing, like amazing. Maybe I just like food too much. Some of you, I've had your Italian beef. Amazing. Some of you cook bread, and I've had your bread. I, I, I love it. Grandma Ida, Ida Thompson, she's no longer with us. I love going to her house every Sunday. As a kid, I would go there to her house. One of my favorite memories was being from the car to the front door. There was like this, this zone where all of a sudden you got a whiff of the pot roast. You know what I'm talking about? And you just kind of went, oh, I'm home. And you just kind of flowed into the house. That food just fell apart in your mouth. I just, I, I, I love that. We got amazing cooks that are in this church. When you get around good cooking and you just walk into that place and you hang around them, it just, it, it draws you in. It just draws you in. You and I must hang around some good cooking. We must hang around the presence of the Lord because the world's going to tell you one thing. Your friends are going to tell you another. Your family may even chime in and have something to say. And I'm not saying that that's bad, wrong, right, up, down. What I'm saying is, is have you, have you asked this question? Jesus, what do you have to say about it? What is it that you're blessing? I want to, I want to walk in that righteousness with you. We must hang out where we can get fed well. Uh, Every source that you can come up with, but we must lean into his presence. If, if we just kind of jump through the hoops, we miss the relationship. And God desires more than anything relationship. Paul said this in the Bible. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. And I thought, Paul? Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. But, you know, we learned a lot about the good, the bad, and the ugly of Paul. It's not about how good you are, how bad you are, or how ugly your situation is. It's about, do you want the righteousness of God? If you want it, come and get it, he says.
well, Pastor, I don't know if I can do that. If I don't really feel like it. I, don't, I, I want to want that, but it's just not there. Well, when you're sick, you don't have an appetite, right? If you have the flu, the last thing you want is a Whopper with extra onions and a side of onion rings, right? You don't have an appetite at all. And so what do you do? There's no appetite because something's going wrong in the body. So you, 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 you creep into that hunger, right? For me, chicken noodle soup or chicken broth, some Ritz crackers, not the ones way in the back that I told you earlier, but good ones. And I'll eat those and I'll let that get into my body before I see if I'm, I'm good or not. And then if that, if that does good, then I'll eat a little bit more. Then I'll eat a little bit more. That's how we're supposed to do it spiritually. He says, start, start small, but start now. Don't wait. Don't wait until once my environment's all perfect, once I get that job, once I hammer down this relationship, once I fill in the blank. Start small, but start now, today. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God, for they will be satisfied. We are not to reject illegitimate resources of nutrition. Um, don't leave here today and say, I am hungry. I'm going to eat 10 donuts. Pastor said I could do that. I did not say that. I said hunger and thirst for the right things. Because that's not going to address. 10 donuts will not address in a healthy way the hunger. Spiritually speaking, hunger and thirst for the right things. And you will be satisfied. My prayer for you today, and I'm going to close right now, is I don't know if you're the kind of person that fills up your tank when it's three-quarter, half a tank, quarter tank, eighth of a tank, dummy light comes on. Here's what I used to do is, is when the light came on, I had a button, D-T-E. You know that button? Distance till empty. When the light came on, I pushed that button, and I was like, huh, I still got 30 miles. One day I drove until it said no miles. And that's ridiculous to wait that long. But yet many of us do that spiritually. We are literally dragging ourselves in the final moments of being so completely empty. God, here I am, fill me. And he will. He will. I'm not saying he won't. But I'm saying, why do we wait that long? Why do we wait so long? He wants to fill you with his presence and his spirit. So hunger and thirst so that you can stay close to your refueling station. So that the tank doesn't have to get that depleted because the the, the, the promise is this, those who hunger and thirst, they will be, they will be, they will be satisfied in Jesus' name. I want to ask if you just close your eyes with me as we just ask simply today, Lord, we want to hunger and thirst for the right thing. Lord, we want satisfaction. We write songs about it. We make movies about it. We, we, we can get so dramatic about it, but at the end of the day, nothing satisfies like the righteousness of God. So Lord, I ask today that for each and every one of us here, Lord, that you would be the source of our satisfaction, that, Lord God, we would understand what it means to lean into your righteousness. So, Father, we repent for the times when we've tried other ways, only to come to you last and say, oh, God, what do you have to say? As if rolling in with an empty tank. Lord, teach us what it means to embrace your Holy Spirit right now. Lord, show us where we're being distracted from coming into your presence and make changes so that you can transform our hearts in our lives because nothing truly satisfies like you. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for this and ask it all in your name. Amen. Amen.